0: hi i'm jen and i'm jen welcome to marginalia pod where we retreat reading as a sacred practice and find meaning and connections through our favorite books i would like
1: to begin by acknowledging the guringai and darug people traditional custodians of the land where i'm recording today and pay my respects to their elders past and present
0: I'd also like to acknowledge Mana of Te Awa Kairangi Kitai, where I'm recording today.
1: Well, that means something very exciting if you have a new acknowledgement of country, doesn't it?
0: Yes, I'm technically in a new area, a new city, sub-city. It's all still Wellington region, but technically I've moved slightly up the coast, I guess, and land, I don't know, towards the river. But yes, I'm in my new house. You're in the hut, right? Yep. Yeah, the hut valley, yeah. This is so exciting. This is so exciting. You have a house, Jen. I know. It still doesn't feel real, to be honest. But, you know, it's lovely. It's getting there. It's great. Hmm. I'm
1: excited for you. I just want to keep sending you all the DIY stuff that I see. But I'm like, no, no, don't overwhelm her. It's like her first month (laughs) in the house. Just let her put up a Christmas tree or something.
0: First week, in fact. We were going to buy a Christmas tree today, actually, but then got distracted with other things but yeah um, because my homie as we're calling each other um, insists that we're getting a real Christmas tree and I've never had a real Christmas tree so this is going to be a whole thing oh that's
1: lovely where I'm from in Oregon we would just go and cut one you could just get a permit and like go cut one down anywhere because there are so many of them
0: (laughs) I feel like there's a lot here but I might have made that up I think there are a lot of pine trees in New Zealand
1: yeah there's a lot of timber I think there's a lot of plantation timber in New Zealand
0: I sort of feel like that's a thing and pine would definitely be like a pest because they're not a native tree, so I'm probably doing them a favor by buying yeah. Christmas trees. Absolutely. And you can burn it in your backyard brazier when you're done. Oh yeah, true. Perfect. Yeah.
1: It'll be great. So exciting. Uh, what sparked joy for you this week?
0: Um, I think just not having anything to do this weekend sparked a lot of joy because last <laughs> week was moving week and it was so intense and Mm. it was just a lot of stuff it was basically five days that I just completely lost to moving and I got very stressed and very overwhelmed because I was also doing this month-long mentorship thing writing mentorship and so I was like oh falling so behind and I want to do all this work and so just pure panic stations but you know you very kindly allowed me to take a week off so that helped and I feel a lot calmer and more caught up now which is ideal Yay, I'm glad. It
1: cost me absolutely nothing to accommodate you, so yay. <laughs> I appreciate you.
0: <laughs> um, what sparked joy for you this week?
1: Uh, well, yesterday we had my husband's boss's annual Christmas party. That hasn't happened since 2018, because in 2019 they were renovating, and then 2020, 2021, you know, Plain pandemic. Years. <laughs> um, so it, it was like actually the first time they could do it. And I used to nanny for his kids when their youngest, who is now 15, was like just born, like three, four months old. That's when I started. And I think she was like eight or nine months when I finished up. I just looked after them for a while, but I have a real soft spot for them. And now Mm -hmm. like the one who is two years old is in year 12 and he's like a head taller than me. And he was so beautiful with Bella because we took Bella and it was just really lovely to talk to him and be like, what are you doing? Oh, you want to go do this? And like he has a lot of the same like I call them word salad disorders. Like I have ADHD and my kids have ASD, ADHD. So I like we have a lot of the word salads in common. Um, So we got to chat about that. And then I was talking to the youngest who, again, was a baby. As I remember her best as this, like, really tiny baby, and she was like, you know, I just really want to love stuff, but, like, people can be problematic, and, like, where do you start with that? And I was like, oh, my gosh, the kids are okay. It just reminded me of how much I love teenagers. Like, people don't give teens enough credit for being aware of their environment, And, you know, she was so confident, but there were some ways I was just like, oh, she's so young still, but, like, she's really, really cool and really fun to talk to. And it was really just a great, like, the whole party was great, but it was just really nice to see those little kids who are so little. They've become, like, actual real people.
0: Cute. Yeah.
1: And I love having conversations with teenagers. I find them so fascinating. I am, like, the auntie who's like, tell me all about the TikToks. I want to know about the TikToks. I'm, like, you know, the worst, but... They put up with me, which oh is great. Uh,
0: no, thank you. <laughs>
1: oh, but yeah, it was
0: good. Lovely. That sounds so wholesome. Hmm. Um, unlike our section this week. So <laughs> this this week we're reading chapters 54 to 59 through the theme of integrity. Did you have a theme, a story for us on this theme rather?
1: Actually, I'm a little bit inspired by my conversation yesterday with the 15-year-old because we were talking about like rigidity and how sometimes it can be really hard when you're rigid about things. And I realized that rigidity is just another way of believing that you have the most integrity or that your plans or your ideas have the most integrity. So I want to talk a little bit about maybe when integrity should be broken. Mm. So when I was young, I was really stubborn. I'm still stubborn in some ways, but like it was really bad when I was little. Um, I would get a plan in my head because I can envision things perfectly. And then when it didn't go exactly the way I pictured it, I would be devastated, furious, angry, like lashing out, just horrible. My plans had more integrity than anyone knew. They carried more weight than they should have. And when they were broken, they would shake the bedrock and I made sure everyone felt the aftershocks, right? Mm -hmm. So this could be something as simple as like not getting out of dance class when I'd convinced myself all day long at school that my mom would let me skip. Of course, she wouldn't let me skip because she would paid for it, and also I had begged her to do dance in the first place. So off we'd go and I'd be in this space (laughs) of like simmering rage which would boil over because in my head I'd built up this idea that I would be staying home, comfortable in my leggings and t-shirt, playing. I'd convinced myself I wouldn't be embarrassed wearing a leotard and being corrected over and over by the very strict dance teacher. So it took me a really long time to become more flexible, and I didn't have a healthy way of dealing with it. I just spent my 20s pushing through it, breaking my head over and over again in the process. I got better at yielding, but I still felt very strongly that my way was the right way, that it was the right way because it was mine, and it felt right to me. Uh, Needless to say, that view is entirely incorrect. The world is full of nuance, and there is so much more to it than just my one viewpoint. And it wasn't really until I was able to start working through my issues and, you know, I got a handy-dandy ADHD diagnosis that I could start to, like, discard that rigidity. I realized a lot of it was because I was so emotionally volatile. It was about being in charge of the outcome. When you feel out of control every second of your life, those constructed narratives can be essential to keeping you going. But ultimately, it was a good lesson to learn. My plans weren't the only ones with integrity. And breaking my mental blueprint might be painful sometimes, but it makes me a better partner and parent and friend. The integrity of my relationship becomes better when I'm no longer so dedicated to my way being the only way. And that has made it well worth dismantling.
0: Oh, that's such a great story and such a great thing to think about as well. Thanks for sharing that.
1: Yeah, I mean, like the others, I thought of a few times and I was like, oh, I could talk about a time I didn't have integrity or a time that I did. And I'm like, oh, I would just be like, have tickets on myself if I was talking about how good I was and how much integrity I had. So I thought, I want to take a different approach to it. And also the recognition that like, what makes me, what makes me have integrity, that's changed over the years too. It's really hard to define, but Mm. it's not the same that it was when I was younger. Thank you yeah. for that. Thank you for listening.
0: I've just made a mistake and accidentally deleted the chapter summaries, and it won't oh. let me undo. So now I've lost them. Oh, <laughs> do you want me to read them for you? Please. Sorry. <laughs> okay.
1: No, that's okay. So in these chapters, the Gray Man decides to run after coming clean about killing Nihil Lynch and having one last dinner at 300 Foxway. Adam and Persephone race against an invisible clock to straighten out the kinks in the ley line and, ley line and focus its power. Gancy and Blue are avoiding each other after their fake kiss. Ronan turns up at church and finds only Declan in attendance. It turns out that Matthew has been kidnapped by Kavinsky. Yes, thank you for that.
0: Thankfully no, you right. print things.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I do. I'm obsessive about printing them. I mean adults as one like that.
0: Exactly. Great. Um, okay, so integrity is interesting. I let's just start because mm. we you know the chapter summary ends on Kavinsky there. So let's talk about Kavinsky and integrity, because Theoretically, not much integrity to be found, not by our moral standards, right, like on our moral codes. Yeah. He's not a very, you know, you wouldn't describe him as being, as having integrity, but by his own standards, Mm. he is very, you know, he holds fast to his own code and his own ideas of doing things. And that's part of the reason he's so upset at Ronan, right? Because he's not meeting him there.
1: Yeah. So integrity is not the same as morality. No. And a lot of people do use them as like shorthand for the other but integrity is having a code of your own and sticking
0: to it. Yeah, I loved the description that was kind of like internal consistency. Absolutely.
1: I also like that it has to do with like wholeness, like an integer.
0: Yeah, being whole and undivided. Yeah, which I think it sums up Adam perfectly in this moment, right? Like he's having this moment where he actually feels like he is whole, he's walking the ley line and he's on his own, but he's sort of content in that moment in a way that he hasn't been in a very long time.
1: Yeah, he's got a link that matters to him and it is not only him it's like he can accept that sort of assistance and help because i don't know it's something about him having to give enough away to to get there like the sacrifices become worth it but he feels like he could be equal to it
0: yeah yeah and i think there's something in his kind of steadfast belief and logic and reason that is his kind of integrity that's how he stays You know, Mm -hmm. how he stays on the path is like as soon as he gets, you know, he wants to identify the problem and then solutions were easy once you knew the way, you know, like, yeah, that is how he orientates himself in the world.
1: And he even says at one point, like, I, you know, I have to do this alone, which I don't think he does, because then immediately, as soon as he thinks it, Persephone turns up and is like, hello, you need me. Here are my tarot cards. Like, it's so funny how he's like, nope, I've got to do this alone. And then he gets help like right away. I don't know if he ever actually consciously thinks of it that way, like actually he doesn't do any of this on his own, he's had help a lot of the way to make it work and make it worth Mm. it.
0: Yeah, and she doesn't ask for it, like she doesn't ask him if he needs help, right, she just sort of shows up and it's like, "You you left before I could give you this and yeah, he couldn't have done it if she wasn't there, right, there's a lot of stuff where he needs help digging up big rocks and doing all the big things.
1: Um, speaking yeah. of
0: Persephone, I thought that her moment which is like, you need to say sorry when you kill things, was a moment of her integrity shining through.
1: I love her little moral code, yeah, that, you know, dying isn't the same as dead.
0: Such a great line there, dying and dead are different words. Yeah.
1: I thought there was a lot of integrity in the Grey Man.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. A man of integrity, for sure.
1: He has a code. He's a man with a code and he sticks to it, so he's not a kidnapper, he doesn't want to be subject to his brother but he also doesn't want to subject anyone else to his brother so he knows that he can't stay as much as he wants to like he's always going to do the right thing not the right mm. thing for him but his version of the right thing and that is not kidnapping and ronan's integrity plays into that by saying he's not going to give anyone else a dreamer
0: i love the two of them like you know the gray man is a man of principle he's a man of his word and ronan absolutely recognizes mm. that you know there's a line on Page 381, Ronan believed him in a way that he didn't believe most things in life. Like, he immediately sees that in him, which I just love. And also when he, he
1: tells Ronan that he's killed his father, you know, Ronan says, no matter how much you do for me, I will never forgive you. And he's just like, most people don't. And that's okay. Like, it's not even an issue for him. He's just accepting of it. It it doesn't affect the fact that he did it. Mm. He's not trying to earn this forgiveness, but he's also telling Ronan what he needs to know. Like. Yeah. This is who's
0: responsible for it. I kind of saw an interesting moment of connection in that there's a the tension between doing something like for what you view as your reasons and then the way someone else experiences. Because you know that line on page yeah. 384 when the grey man's got him in a headlock and he says, I understand, but it wasn't personal. And Ronan says, it was to me. And of course yes. it's personal to Ronan. And I think yeah. that happens so much more than we realize when you're just doing something and you don't realize how much it affects someone else especially at work like in a business setting how often do companies make decisions that aren't that they're not personal decisions but for the people who are real employees who have actual consequences to those decisions it feels personal
1: it's like every time there's a merger within 18 months most of the people who were there in the first batch just end up leaving because the company starts to slowly morph into the bigger company that bought the smaller company right Mm. and it's not really personal but it's still their job and all of a sudden it doesn't fit them anymore even if it did before you know that happens a lot I do see that a lot or when a new manager comes on and all of a sudden you just can't work with them and but they're hiring people that they know from other places you know
0: I think that's where integrity comes into play probably most in our personal like professional lives is in a workplace setting because often you have to make decisions where you're like can I continue working for this company because you know, they're making some unethical choices. And yeah. you know, Sometimes you think it's fine, it doesn't bother me, but sometimes it does bother you and you have to make that decision.
1: Absolutely. And then you just spend a weekend watching The Good Place and realize that everything is terrible and we can never win, <laughs> so we have to do the best we can with what
0: we have. Minus oh. points for everyone. Let's talk about old boy Ronan, who you know, yes. loves honesty and therefore I would say integrity Above almost anything else, and he is always pushing for that in himself. So it drives him wild that he knows like Declan lies about things. But I think it's not so much the fact that Declan lies, but also the fact that he isn't honest about the lying. At least if he was honest about that, I feel like it would bother Ronan less. But he's just so he plays it off like he just knows better all the time. Yeah, do you? I do you think
1: that that's an example of Ronan not believing that Declan has his own integrity? Because I think Declan has a lot of integrity. He's got a very specific set of cares and worries that he's always carrying with him and he does his best to protect his brothers i think he has a lot of integrity but i think ronan just can't see it for what it is
0: yeah i mean we know that declan has integrity now but i think what ronan sees and what we see of declan from ronan's point of view it's very unfair yeah because he's like you know I'm sure he did, but don't worry, none of it's true. Like, when they ask him if his brother told anyone anything. And we've just seen Declan get beaten up where he wouldn't give Ronan up, right? Like, we've seen him hold these secrets. And I love the description in the church on page 400 where Ronan says, Declan looks shocked and poisonous. Because I love poisonous. Because we've heard Ronan described as, like, venomous as poisonous. And to have that connection Mm -hmm. between the two of them, I just really love that. But... I, I do understand the frustration in someone lying and not being honest about the fact that they're lying. Again, in a professional context, I have been very frustrated when companies that I've worked for will claim to have certain values and morals and then behave in a certain way. And I'm like, look, I don't yeah. care if this is what you want to do, but don't then turn around and tell me that, you know, we believe in this you know family first beliefs like no yeah yeah. you have just done something that completely contradicts it just be honest about it it's like that line in devil wears prada when he's like you know i wouldn't care if you were up there pole dancing every night if if only you did it with a little integrity like just be honest about the thing that you're doing
1: you know yeah don't dress it up to be something that it's not
0: yeah so i kind of get that but i also understand that declan is doing the most here and no one sees it (laughs)
1: Yeah, I would not want to have to be doing all the work that he's doing.
0: And even that line on page 401, and that of course was another lie because he was never done with Ronan. So now he throws up his hand, and I'm like, of course he's never done with you because like he loves you, you horrible brat, who I also (laughs) love.
1: You're allowed to love the horrible brat. Somebody has to love the horrible brat, and somebody has to love the the tortured older brother.
0: I love the integrity of the Lynch family, like the three brothers. You know, this idea that they always keep the secrets, they keep up the traditions, they go to church. Like, that is a form of integrity, and the fact that Matthew's not there is like, what? This never happens, Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, and it bothers Ronan a lot. Like, he goes on to say, like, you know, something wasn't right about it. He couldn't put his finger on it. It's not that he never let go of his phone. It's not that he never missed church. Like, there's something else about it that just really was bothering him. But I think it was sort of the combination of everything. Mm. Yeah, I think that the, they're the centre. The, the Lynch boys, they are the centre, and the centre will hold.
0: Yeah, there must always be three. I love a good three, power of three situation. Mm. Um. Also, just wanted to point out, this is tangential, but on page 337, Ronan makes the observation. Ronan assumed she and Gansey must have thought she was as far away from him as she could get. And it really tickled me because like obviously it's not that they fought they've had this really moment and they're like kind of in love with each other and for Ronan love is so often fighting so I love this kind of link that he (laughs) makes
1: of course they're fighting that's what that is that's what that recognition is yeah sure Hmm. fighting (laughs) that's beautiful I just thought he was like uninterested in The romantic aspect of it and was like oh they're avoiding each other they must have had an argument
0: but if you look at all his relationships they're all founded on fighting like he's just a passionate creature if we will and
1: so is blue which is why he recognizes that in her
0: well i'm glad you mentioned that because there's another lovely bit of tangential symmetry that i just loved it's when ronan and the gray man are fighting and then page 384 ronan stood up blue handed him chainsaw the gray man stood up mora handed him his jacket i love that i love Mm. that little parallel between the two of them
1: Yeah, I like that too. I love that Blue was the one who had the bird. (laughs) Like, remember back in the last book when he was like, do you want to hold her? And she didn't know what this was. And then and so she ends up holding this, like, not quite done bird. And it ends up being Ronan's psychopomp and, like, something he brought out of his dreams. And that was such a
0: lovely line about Chainsaw as well. You know, his subconscious just for once sent him something nice instead of homicidal. And I'm like, oh, bless. I know. That was one of my tangentials as
1: well. I thought that was really beautiful.
0: While we're on the topic of birds, I just thought I thought that was a lovely moment of connection when Rodin is being like derisive and saying that this is like a Hitchcock movie and Gans is like, the birds? There aren't chickens in that. But I just love how we make these connections in life based on media and shared cultural yeah. knowledge.
1: Yes, absolutely. That's what holds 99% of our conversations together. just talking with someone about something to do with the 90s the other day and it was like only you will get this because you were the same age as me and you went through the same childhood
0: so it's funny how quickly that changes as well because I have friends who are you know only a couple of years like you know five or six years younger than me and you wouldn't think it makes such a big difference but fundamentally different media consumed when you were like younger so for example Mm -hmm. I missed out on Spongebob like I'm a little bit too old for Spongebob but they yeah. grew up with SpongeBob and this is just this weird cultural glitch where I don't have any knowledge and they've got all this knowledge and it's like, oh well. I watched it
1: because my sisters watched it, so I'm aware of it, but I was never like into it, if that makes sense. I think having younger siblings meant that I got a bit more exposure than I would have otherwise. Mm. Yeah, I just, sometimes when you get talking with someone and they loved the same TV show as you, you feel like you're best friends already because yeah. you're like, oh you get it and you might have nothing else in common but like the fact that you were both obsessed with this one show that aired for one year in 1989 or whatever.
0: Yeah well when my housemate and I were unpacking our DVDs and we both had copies of similar TV shows like we had Dark Angel, I had the first season and she had the second season and I'm like I didn't know anyone else knew this show but here we are and we've both got it. That's great. It's cool when you do that. Yeah, I I find it so fascinating how when you, like, because I've moved countries a couple of times, you don't have those cultural touch points, and then people get really confused. They're like, what? You don't know the show? You don't know Round the Twist? Like, no, I didn't grow up in Australia. I don't know Round the Twist.
1: Oh, yeah, I just got Mr. Squiggle introduced to me a few months ago. I had no idea who Mr. Squiggle was, and apparently he was a big deal here. Yeah. I mean, you sort of learn about the big ones, like Skippy, and I watched a lot of uh, Play School play school oh, yeah, because my kids cool. were little and play school's been going on forever
0: it's so frustrating like like i just hate it i hate when people are like you don't know this how do you not know this i have a different cultural memory than you, you should i start listing the things from my childhood that you don't know like what are we doing here you should just be like what do you mean you don't know dog tanyan yes dog tanyan is the best and i love him and i had no idea he's the greatest how could i have missed out on dog tanyan but i guess i did should have watched it when you were here I should have forced you to watch it (laughs) next time
1: I would have happily watched it yes next time Uh, I love that Blue and Gansey are super weird around each other and I love that it's their connection they're like trying to avoid being seen as having a connection which is the whole thing it's just great it's like to preserve the integrity of a friend group they have to avoid their connection
0: they're being so obvious about it right but everyone just assumes they've thought about something like sure okay (laughs)
1: Yeah, Ronan's like, they must have fought, and Mora's like, did you guys have a fight? And Blue's like, yeah, sure, whatever.
0: Probably. I mean, she just (laughs) looks at her plate, right? Like, oh. Yeah. Honestly.
1: No, I'm just falling in love with him, Mom. It's fine. It's
0: fine. I mean, Mora probably already knows. Like, she knows everything, right?
1: Yeah, but she's a little bit busy wooing a hitman, so I think she might be distracted.
0: I love that her and Kala have obviously been having conversations, because when... The grey man says, "I'm not a kidnapper." You know, Moira gives Keller a really pointed look, kind of like, "See, mm. I told you." And when he says, like, when he makes the decision, she sighs because she can already see how it's all going to play out. I think yeah. Kella is so funny in that scene. Like when Ronan describes <laughs> her as like chainsaw, just rifling through everything, and then yeah, yeah, she's berating him for his lack, a of, yeah, yeah, perimeter search, and then she's berating him for his lack of charm, basically being like, Falls to your charm to convince them." <laughs>
1: And it doesn't. It never did. He wouldn't take a person like it. Ronan could have been just as vile as Kavinsky because he's not taking Kavinsky either.
0: It's interesting how Blue is really pushing for that. He's, she's like, just take Kavinsky.
1: Yeah, and then she's like, and can you rough him up a little and make him feel worthless while you do it? And her mom's like, Blue, my goodness, what are you doing? I did not raise you to be violent. She's like, yeah, sure. I That's
0: think you gave did- me a
1: switchblade. <laughs>
0: I think if he did take Kavinsky, because Kallus says, you know, they'll come back for the snake. But that's only because Kavinsky will immediately rat Ronan out. I don't think his moral court, like his code, holds to yeah. uh, not ratting out Ronan.
1: No, no. He would definitely. I think that that's absolutely right. I just thought it, was, it would be because he's not good at dreaming the way that a Grey Warren dreams.
0: Yeah. I mean, Kavinsky is a dreamer, but not the Grey Warren. He... I kind of feel for him, which is not something I thought I would ever say in my life. But on yeah. page 402, when he's like, you know, I asked Nice the first few times, are you coming to the fourth? Are you coming? Are you coming? Here, have a car. Are you coming? I'm like, yeah, he did ask you, and yeah, you did use him, and you can't treat people like that. There are consequences to those be- like behaviors. Mm-hmm. Like, is not a nice person, he's a trash human being, but you still took advantage of him, and you yes, kind of reap what absolutely. you sow.
1: Yeah, and like I think Ronan really did think that he didn't have anything to lose. It didn't occur to him that Kavinsky would want enough of him, that he would actually do something to hurt him. Because yeah. Ronan feels not untouchable, but he just feels like he's above it all, and he's actually a human who has, like, he's a person with love and attachments like anyone else, and he just doesn't recognize it because he's in this place of immense pain where he doesn't know what he is or what he wants or what he can do.
0: And I think also, you know, Ronan does have integrity of his own, and he would never do this. Like, it doesn't matter how mad he is at right. someone, he would never cross this line. Whereas Kavinsky does not have that boundary.
1: Yeah, that's true. I, again, I think that you're right, Ronan does struggle to see why people would do something that he wouldn't do. Yeah. Like, it's always a surprise that they would do it, and this is why he's, part of why he's so negative around Declan, is because... Uh-huh. He wouldn't lie. He wouldn't be dishonest.
0: Yeah, and definitely... He doesn't see yeah. the value in it. He doesn't see the value. He doesn't understand that maybe he doesn't have all the information. This is what I find fascinating, because he honestly believes he's being truthful all the time. And based on the information that he has, he is truthful, but there's so much that he doesn't know. And then if you don't have all the information, is that really true?
1: Yeah, it's the subjective truth, but it's not like the integral truth, I guess. No. So interesting. Yeah i love this text it's so chewy it really it's just more every time you turn it over
0: um adam is so connected in this section i think he's like connected to cave's yes. border he's connected to the lane line he's connected to himself and then there's persephone as well you know he's just connected all around so lovely it just makes me happy
1: i love it i love how he's starting to approach this as something that is possible hmm you know, he's he's like, it's a problem. I can solve the problem. I know what the problem is. So once you know what you're up against, you can... Like, he's really taking it apart and looking at it in a clinical way. But he's also experimenting. And this mm. is the thing I find really fascinating. He's not, he's not sitting there and logicking it out first. He's just actually out there doing it to mm. figure it out. Which isn't something we've seen Adam really excel at before. So he's much more the person to plan something obsessively and then... Like try and follow it to the letter. This is him having to go on his intuition, having to move a rock this way, then that way, then stack it up, then take it out. Like, what's gonna happen? Do we take this one with us? Like, he's having to actively be out there, like messing around with rocks and stuff, mm. digging trenches for streams. I love that there's this physicality to it, and I love the way that he talks about the hill being alive beneath his hands. Yeah, and how he can feel the ley line, and how it—it's like a starburst with every intersection of every other ley line. It just. Oh, I got chills when I read it. I was just thinking about like how amazingly connected it all is. And I still feel like, even if, though I don't believe in magic in this way, and I don't really think ley lines exist, I still feel like there's something like that in the world. Mm. It's like when you meet a friend who knows another friend, and you're like, oh, hey, that intersection
0: exists. It's like the same yeah. little... Whew. I think there is magic in places like that. I think definitely when you go to ancient sites, you know, places that have held history for years and years, and you stand there and it feels different. Like, it feels like there is energy in the place. I don't know what it is. It's just yeah. it's got a vibe and I do 100% believe that. I feel like sometimes you can touch the soil and you can be like, yeah, no, this is this is different. But Yeah.
1: I get that in really, really old churches where it's like yeah. how many thousands of years have people come here and sung and worshiped and cried and felt and loved and wept. There's just something about all of that collective human energy.
0: Yeah, it's definitely got a vibe. And it's not all places, but certainly some of them, you get that feeling. And you can understand why certain places become holy sites, because you're like, if other people can feel this too, then of course it's going to drag people in, you know? Yeah. I also love that Adam is just making connections in real time, right? As he goes, he's just like really puzzling things out. He is thinking about the lightning, and he's like, I'm going to need this for the lightning. Maybe the lightning can be used to reinvigorate the lightning. And then he's like seeing the Mitsubishi, and he's like, oh... That's why I'm doing it because Ronan's going to need it. He's going to need it tonight. That's why we're hurrying. Like he's making these connections, yeah, he gets this and premonition that yeah.
1: something is going to happen. It's the first time I think we really see him really having that premonition, really having a firm grasp on the future. Like he's actually seeing time as it loops around and not just having a hunch about something like he knows this in the way that Mora and Persephone and Cal know things are going to happen.
0: And I think it's interesting that you mentioned that he's doing things almost like he's trusting his intuition because I think Adam doesn't really trust his own sense of the world, and I think this comes from his yeah. you know abusive background. It's hard to believe in your your place and your reality and your trust your own instincts when you're constantly being mm. you know told that that is incorrect and being punished for the way that you behave. So I think this is a moment where he's actually really leaning into it, and I love that he has that moment where Persephone says his name and he says you know. She had taken care to say his name just before. It could have been nothing, but it felt as if she were reminding him of what it was. I think that is so important. He's really like, this is the first moment where he's starting to come into himself. And we know it's going to take him a very, very long time to complete this journey, but this is a very important first.
1: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I love that too. I highlighted that section as well, because I think that Persephone is a really good grounding force for Adam. So I would I was gonna say like mechanism. She's a person, but she's also not a person in the same way. Do you know what I mean? She's kind of not a person in the way that Ronan is not a person. Mm. She's not human maybe. There's something other, something different, something more about her. That maybe like like Glenn Clean that we see later, mm-hmm. she's other, more different, you know. I just wonder about I I really want Persephone's backstory. I'd read that in a heartbeat. <laughs> I want to know how she got to be the way she is but I love that she's reminding Adam that he does exist in this world and that he does have this care and connection because she then later lets go of herself she scries too far and 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 that's really interesting I do think you can see in others what needs to be fixed that maybe you can't see in yourself
0: yeah that makes sense it's that whole thing about how sometimes what you find most annoying in someone else is the bit about yourself that you don't like very much
1: yeah Mm. Yep, definitely true for me. <laughs> then I have to reckon with it.
0: Yeah, no one likes that. Enough reckoning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just let me be horrible,
1: thanks. I'm
0: putting my foot up because I'm feeling very lazy, sorry. That's alright. Um, I think that's all I had, actually, for Integrity and Connections, so how about you? Yeah, I think I wanted to talk a little bit about...
1: um. Kavinsky's observations and Kavinsky's connection to Ronan I feel like it's much stronger than Ronan thinks Mm. like he's been watching Ronan for so long and it's almost like he has a parasocial relationship with him. yeah because they interact in these really small ways but like to him it's been like I've known you were a dreamer for so long and I know this about you so he's been observing Ronan and Ronan's been like I'm dealing with the fact that I'm a dreamer and my dad's been killed and like I, I may or may not really like this guy that's in my friend group. Is currently dating this girl, and like he just he's just on and on and on. He's got so much on. Kavinsky I... meanwhile is obsessing over him. It's it's weird, right?
0: I love that description as like a parasocial relationship because if you think of it as like in a celebrity sense, which is often how the parasocial relationships work, right? Mm. So Kavinsky has these touch points with Ronan, and to him that is like the highlight of his day, right? Like oh, Lynch acknowledged me in class today, ha ha ha. Yes, and Ronan. Did not even think about it. That thought never entered his mind again. He didn't think about Kavinsky at all because when you are like famous and you're seeing thousands and thousands of people, that one interaction doesn't mean anything yeah. but to that one person that is the whole world. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love the idea that Kavinsky's like, Dear Diary, Lynch smiled at me today, and Ronan was just like staring into the middle distance.
1: He was like probably thinking about Chainsaw, smiling to himself, and he's like, Oh, he looked at me. He looked at me.
0: Oh my goodness! And then he like takes up does this whole street racing malarkey just to get Ronan's attention. Like, oh my goodness! But it's also this is also why his disappointment probably hits so hard because when you have a parasocial relationship and someone fails to meet your expectations, that fall is so high because you had them on such a pedestal, right? So he probably expected something from Ronan. He obviously thought they were on a very different level. And then Ronan's like, okay, bye, peace out, and just leaves. Which, from Ronan's (laughs) point of view, if he just thinks they've had a really basic interaction, it's probably, well, well, whatever. But Kavinsky, this was like... Buying
1: juice from someone at the gas station. It's not like...
0: (laughs) It's transactional. But for Kavinsky, this is like the Petroval, you know?
1: (laughs) Oh, no. Don't make me feel even sorrier for Joseph Kavinsky. He's a terrible
0: person. I mean, this is still his own fault, like... People you yeah. have parasocial relationships with don't actually owe you anything. Like You've made a terrible no. decision. I apologize to Gerard Way for being mad at him in 2006, or whenever it was.
1: Why were you mad at him? What did he do? Because I, I,
0: I thought he was like me, and I thought he was just happy being single and not being in love with anyone, and then it transpired he had a secret girlfriend all along, and then he got married. And I'm like, how dare you? We were supposed to be the oh. same. But now I'm like, actually, it's fine Gerard, you live your life. <laughs> I was 19. I didn't know any better. It's fine. We're cool now. Thanks for listening. (laughs) I'm
1: sure he's one of our listeners.
0: Also today, a band that I really loved back then, The Academy Is, started following me on Instagram and I'm like, wow, 19 year old Jen is losing her mind right now. I'm pretty sure they're just following everyone that follows their singer, but that's fine. I will take it. I will take it.
1: Aw, you made it. You can have parasocial friendships now. You've gone from one to the other. This is how it starts. I really try to hard to avoid following people on Instagram because I usually keep it for my actual real life or like sewing friends. So like people who know people who I know in real life, but like in the sewing world, <laughs> the Australian and UK and US quilting world, which is huge, but also not. So it's really weird when I do follow a celebrity and I'm like, oh, right. You're not one of my friends. What are you doing at my feet? What's going on here? It's just weird. Like, I think one of the reasons I'm cool with following, like Steve Otter, for example, is because I took her class, and I'm like, we've actually spoken to each other, so it's okay. Like, it's a person I've actually spoken to.
0: But doesn't that stress you out as well? Because you're like, the Steve Otter example is interesting that you've brought that up. Because I am concerned that I'm now in that space where I'm like, and we're best friends now. We're not friends. (laughs) we're like not like I do this with people all the time where I'm like are we friends now and my mate you know who is a black fan for the longest time I didn't think we were friends because I'm like no no she's just being polite with me and then my friend Meredith would be like we went on holiday together I'm like oh yeah we did do that <laughs>
1: I guess when you go on holiday with someone, you know that you're friends for sure. Or when you go visit them specifically, like when you make one-to-one plans to visit them, then you're definitely friends.
0: I think because I take so long to call someone a friend, and so people will often say to me, oh yeah, this is my friend Jen, and i always be like, what, (laughs) I'm your friend? I thought we were acquaintances at best. No shade on them, that's just the way that I think of it, and I'm like, whoa, we're friends? Okay.
1: Your, your tier is so much higher. Like, people have to really climb. They have to make an effort to get up there. Maybe I'm just. And to main. me, everyone's a friend unless they're proven yeah. they still get chances because I'm a
0: soft touch. Yeah. I feel like that's just your Americanism. So, Kavinsky is interesting for sure. I mean, there's a lot going yeah. on there.
1: There really is. I feel for him in that he didn't have a really good connection with Ronan, so he could, like, actually do something useful, like, really connect with Ronan. And I feel also that Ronan was kind of comfortable not letting him in or not really thinking about it which doesn't speak well to Ronan. I get that he has a lot going on but also like as you get older you can recognize when your friends need more from you than you're willing to give and like you have to be able to say like no that's not how our friendship's gonna be or I get where you're coming from but I just can't put that kind of effort in right now and that's okay and fair to
0: say. We're not actually friends we just happen to do this thing together this is something we have in common. Like, work people. Yeah, we're colleagues. Exactly. Why must the colleague always colleagues. also be a friend? I'm not... No, this needs to stop. I'm not into it. Except that we just need to work together. Like, it's fine. We don't even have to like each other. It's fine.
1: Yeah. I don't know how you not like people, though. I think everybody has great potential to be a friend. No. You're wrong. I get so confused when people aren't friend-shaped. I'm like, well, what? what's not happening here? Like, I really don't get it. I think everybody is a
0: potential buddy. People are terrible. Not a
1: potential, like, best friend, but...
0: It's okay, I have got you. Don't worry, I'll protect you. Everyone is terrible. <laughs> Thanks. Just, that's the base you start from. Everyone is terrible until they prove you differently.
1: And I'll get all of the like good friends who we can bring into our friendship group and like add in. I'll I'll filter them out by yeah. just sheer cussedness. <laughs> everybody's friendship. This is the thing. You're a cat and I'm a dog, and that's just our personalities. I am mm. willing
0: to cuddle up to anybody. Isn't it interesting that I'm such a dog person?
1: I think most dogs are cat people, and most cats are dog people, yeah. That actually makes a lot of sense to me.
0: Interesting. I hope that means the cat that I now live with appreciates when I bring a dog home. Oh, well, I don't know Luna, but I can't wait to meet her. She looks extremely judgy, and I'm here for it. She's very purry. She just purrs constantly. It's amazing. Is she like a touchy cat? Does she want to come up and be with you? Yeah, she loves cuddles. Like, she loves pats, anyway. But yeah, she's pretty chill. She's a pretty chill cat. She's not allowed in my room, though, so oh that's fair enough they learn quick they'll figure it out she keeps trying to come in but I'm like no I need at least because I'm mildly allergic I need at least one spot that is cat free
1: yeah it'll take about six months before your body sort of recalibrates and you don't like just want to sneeze all the time Mm. from my experience also being allergic to every kind of animal yeah I'm in the deep weeds of it now because we have not one but two new babies that are fluffy and furry I'm making the shares go up in claritine personally (laughs) that's okay I can do that but yeah I feel yeah yeah. Oh, let me think. Is there anything else? Um, but yeah, Kavinsky and Ronan, I think that he is so much more observant than we give him credit for. And also the fact that he was able to see what Ronan couldn't, which is that Ronan actually has a lot to lose.
0: Mm. That's the other thing I wanted to yeah. touch on. Yeah. Um. Did you have any other tangential? Um, the only one I haven't mentioned is the bit where the gray man's talking about his employer. And, you know, Ronan says, what would happen if he, he actually got hold of me? And, the Greyman says, this is page 383. It's possible he would make an exception for you, but it would only be that he'd put all of you in a glass box. He is a curator. He will do what needs to do for his collection. I thought that was so interesting, the idea that he would either try to cut it out of Ronan and then otherwise just chain him up, basically, and display him as is, as a whole thing. That—that That is... It kind of reminded me of Sandman, how at the start you know, Morpheus yes. is trapped in the glass dome. And yes, they wanted to capture death and they extort her, but it's still the same kind of compulsion to control this power that is not yours
1: that's such an interesting parallel good catch i think for other tangential ones i wanted to talk to talk about the bit because there wasn't a lot of gansey in this chapter and i'm always on gansey watch so Mm -hmm. i loved on page 377 where ronan was observing gansey's were creatures of habit and he wanted adam here and he wanted noah here and he wanted everyone to like him and he wanted to be in charge and Mm. i thought oh he's the man with the plan when he doesn't know the plan he's very at 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 a loss you know um i feel you gansey i also like I like either putting all of my trust and faith in someone else to do the plan, or I like being the person with the plan. But I can't just be like, "Let's just do a thing." I'm like, "No, I want somebody to plan it, or I want to plan it."
0: I'm glad you brought that up because Gansy actually also has a lot of integrity. You know when he's like inching closer and closer to to Ronan, and he just says, "Please," to the Gray Man, like he will mm-hmm. he, he will do anything for his friends, and he he will do anything for what he believes in. Like he has a very strict code of right and wrong, right, and he's gonna stand by that. Yeah.
1: And also, when Calla says "pretty one," yeah, stop this, and he's like, "I think this is justified. Mm. This is absolutely
0: look. He killed his dad. Let him, let him beat him up." And such a lovely bit of foreshadowing in that chapter as well. When Ronan's saying for the first time, like he's genuinely afraid of the Grey Man. Like he's looking at him and he feels this fear, and he's like, he feels it like a physical thing, like a tire iron to the back of his head. And like, because you already know yeah. instinctively what has happened.
1: Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That the way that that whole scene was written was just masterful I really want to go back and just like highlight it all and take it apart beat by beat to see how it was done like I want the mechanics of it because again I have to
0: say Steve Otter as a writer is fantastic she's so good at this the compulsion to also like the, the instruction from Green Mantle that you know kill him in the messiest way possible and leave him there for Declan so Declan will say tell them where the green, the gray warren is there's such a wild series of events there. Like, why? Especially yeah. when you, we know that Niall's a dreamer, right? So you could have just taken Niall and said you've murdered him. And so the Declan will yeah. tell you where he is. Like. Because Declan's already doing all the business. Yeah, he's the one calling all the shots. But still, it's just like, whoa that's a lot it's a lot oh it's a lot to put on Ronan as well does Ronan ever tell Declan that I can't
1: remember I don't know we'll have to look out for it because they get along by the end of book four they're like getting along because Ronan's like take Matthew go to DC like just do the right thing like he doesn't need to be here you'll feel better if he's there and I'm here and that's like that's sort of how they come come about that um, I loved on page 399 how the boys had given the grey man a Mitsubishi and in return Ronan had gotten the puzzle box back. It seemed a fair trade, a dream thing for a dream thing. That was really
0: lovely. Mm.
1: I also love the idea of this completely nondescript person driving this invented horrible car. <laughs> I
0: also love that Ronan still suggests that even though he's he's mad at the grey man for killing his father and he's like, I'm never going to forgive you, but he's still going to get on with the business and the practicality. It's not like he's, I'm never going to deal with him again. You know, he's still being... yeah. Practical about it,
1: I'm never going to forgive you. But we can work together because mm. we have a common goal. Yeah, he's a great colleague. This is the thing; he will work with you, but he doesn't have to like you. Yeah, that's a plus. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> and I wanted to echo your love of what Ronan says about a Chainsaw that. He was abruptly satisfied with her as a dream creature. He hadn't even asked for her. His subconscious had just for once sent him something nice instead of something homicidal. Do you ever have like a series of bad dreams and then you get a good dream and you're like, yes, finally, I'm getting a break. I very rarely I dream. that chainsaw's his break. Yeah, I think that was it for my tangential.
0: Did you have an in-depth?
1: Oh, I do. So I I think we chose from similar areas, but I, I chose on page 388. This is about Adam. It felt good to have identified the problem. That had always been the hardest part. With an engine, with school, with mm. life. Solutions were easy once you knew it was in your way. So the context is Adam is out there and not caves water. Um, he's plunging his hands into the tiny baby stream. He's feeling all of the weak fraying points of the ley line. And he's beginning to understand what he has to do to fix it. And how it relates to the theme is that The ley line isn't able to do its job because the integrity of the connection is under threat. There are these interruptions, these snags, all these misalignments. Without falling entirely apart, it's not wholly together and better yet, and it needs to be. So Adam is the connection to the ley line. So he's the one who has the job of of fixing it. But this passage takes it one step further and clarifies something really beautiful. Once you know the problem, you can start to tackle it. So one of the things I have to do a lot in my life is play detective. Neither of my kids is very forthcoming about stuff that bothers them. Like if I'm not with, they're with them, observing it, bearing witness to it, mm. it often doesn't get told to me. And it's not because we're not welcoming. It's just because sometimes it takes a while for it to turn through. So for example, when my daughter picks a fight with me on the way home from school, it's usually her way of telling me something has happened, but she can't articulate it yet. It's her version of the ley line mm. on the blink. But once we sort through the flotsam and jetsam of her day, I can usually sift through and figure it out. So she didn't get enough time to eat her morning tea, or suddenly she feels bad about forgetting to practice clarinet all week, or she hasn't managed to get to the bathroom all day. So then we can solve the problem. We can have the morning tea for afternoon tea. We can take a few minutes to practice clarinet while I cook dinner. I can push her into the bathroom and tell her to just go pee. (laughs) So there's definitely something to being able to name the problem. But while that's something I'm good at doing for my kids, I'm really bad at doing that when it comes to my own insecurities and missteps. Especially lately, I've been struggling with some things, and knowing that I'm struggling doesn't exactly get me to the why of it, but it's just something I have to figure Mm. out. So once I figure it out, I can tackle it better, like Adam is doing here. So going forward, I want to be mindful of the moments when all I have are symptoms. There is a cause there. I need to look out for the big rocks that need moving or the stream that needs diverting. Once I can see the problem, it'll be easier to solve."
0: So true. Such a great analogy as well, like perfect
1: just really stuck out at me this time like I read that passage a few different times and I could not believe how insightful it was just once you know the problem you can start to tackle it sometimes I don't even know what the problem is that I'm trying to solve for it it's like not having all of the numbers and trying to do a math problem Mm. you can't get to the right answer without all of the factors
0: yeah very true very very wise thank you for that
1: (laughs) just got to remember it now you know
0: can't can't let this epiphany slip away Mm -hmm. uh so how about you did you have a an in-depth? I do have an in-depth mine is on page 385 so it's the same section, it's the Adam section um, so he is visiting mm. the OG spot where they found Cape water to get a read on the ley line and it is the bit that says, it had been so long since he had felt like this, like he could devote his thoughts to something other than when he might get to sleep, like his mind was huge and worrying and hungry, like anything was possible if he only threw himself into it hard enough this had been how he had felt before he decided to go to Aglimby. So I think it relates to the theme of integrity as a state of being whole and undivided because Adam is feeling mm. whole for the first time in ages like he says since before Edenly. And it's a result of the ritual right and it's also getting sleep like he slept for like 24 hours. Yeah. And it's also the feeling that he has clear direction like for so long he just wanders around not knowing what the next steps are and now he has clear next steps and this helps him to really feel centered. And I think, you know, obvious connection there, because he can feel, he literally feels the ley line, like, thrumming up from the ground, which is just lovely. Yeah. But you know what it reminded me of was, like, a couple of years ago, I worked at Parliament, and it was a very intense job where I was working insane hours, and I was literally just surviving. I wasn't living. I was just surviving from day to day. And when I left, I had a very similar moment like this like it had been so long since I had been able to feel myself holy where I'd been able to devote my thoughts to something other than just getting to work doing my work where I could be a whole human and I I used to just say you know I felt like I was learning how to be a a human being again and I was coming back to myself and I'm only really Mm. just you know that was 2019 and I'm only really just now feeling completely whole again like recovering from that burnout but being able to do things like write, like I've had such a great year writing things and feeling creative and feeling inspired and having the capacity for that is because of that that journey, you know, like yeah, like my mind is huge and worrying and hungry and it, it takes a while to get there. So I think going forward, it's just a reminder that you cannot pour from an empty cup. We said it before, but you need to fill your yep. own vessel Because if you're running on empty, you're no good to yourself and you're no good to anyone else. So look after yourself. Absolutely. Fill your cup however you need to. And, you know, then you're going to be okay.
1: Yes. And like also remember that, like, taking lots of bubble baths is not how you refill your cup. I would love to say that it is. If it were, I'd be in trouble because I don't actually have a bathtub. But, I mean, when we say that, I guess I also want to point out that we're talking about self-care in the way that, like, looking after yourself like making sure you eat enough and get enough sleep and like Mm -hmm. go for a walk Mm -hmm. every day if you can stuff like that yeah not adding more to your plate but also just putting back in the the basics and that's that's part of what I'm having to work on now is like oh yeah I actually need to eat like I need to eat every meal I can't just not eat because I'm busy or I don't want to like I have to do it um but I feel so much better when I do and
0: also you know for me it's been like you can't just eat chips like crisps all day like you need to eat an actual vegetable <laughs> yeah. like, it's it le- has
1: to be something that is green and raw
0: <laughs> I'm always like why am I so tired and lethargic oh I've done nothing but eat chocolate for three days and I haven't slept for more than four hours that's why You, I'm just a house plant yeah. I need sun, I need water, <laughs> I need nutrients <laughs> yeah. I'm a
1: mushroom maybe I need lots of darkness, lots of space lots of fertile ground to grow in no light Please no light <laughs> <laughs> The sun is back and I'm real salty about it I haven't been able to run for ages Because it's up so early and I am not up early So it's just hot and horrible oh, <sighs>
0: So hot and horrible for you Poor thing
1: I know, please come take my humidity from me Give me some of your nice fresh breezes it's been
0: weirdly- Is it better in the hut? Uh, no, it's warmer in the hut, which is plus for
1: me Yes! so good i'm so glad i was hoping that it would be like calmer weather for you a little bit warmer a little bit nicer i want you to have all the sun yeah ideally who would you like to spotlight this week i'm gonna spotlight persephone Mm. i would love to be the kind of fairy like person who shows up and it's exactly what someone needs and that is like my life goal to be able to help someone who's really unhelpable. and i don't know what that says about me but i just love that she's able to do that for adam I love that she sees enough of herself in him to be like, right, this kid needs some direction and I'm going to take the rudder from him until he can figure out how to do it himself. So just love that. She shows up and she does the heavy lifting and she ends up looking like a doll from a landfill, but I'm here for it. Amazing. Well done, Persephone.
0: Yeah, that's so
1: helpful. How about you? Who would you like to spotlight?
0: I'm spotlighting the grey man because I just really feel for him when he has found the slice of the world where he really wants to, to exist, where he feels at home. You know, and then it's like, this is another life for what you are. And he he feels like he can't have it and he has to go on the run. And also, he's haunted by the pot that he left in the sink in his house, which is something that would haunt (laughs) me as well. So I really feel that. Like, sometimes I will tidy my house before I leave because I'm like, what if I get hit by a bus? I don't want someone to come in here and see that I haven't done my washing (laughs) up. So I kind of like love that for him. And it's just hard. It's hard to feel like Mm -hmm. you've finally found your place and your person and then you have to go. So. You know, it's just tough to feel like you can't you can't have nice things. So big hugs for the great man. I love that he and Mora
1: get at least one night. It's so nice, isn't it? That yeah. they get that like one one beautiful dinner where he gets to pretend and she gets to have a little bit of what she wants. Although slightly weird that they go out and make out underneath the beech tree, considering what we later learn about
0: the beech tree. But she doesn't know that, to be fair, because I was also like, oh, the beech tree? But I'm like, no, she doesn't know. It's fine. It's just everybody loves that beech tree. Maybe there's a reason. We'll talk about it later, because there definitely
1: is a reason, but it's just a little weird. Oh, well, next week, we'll be reading the rest of the book, chapter 60 through to the epilogue, and we're going to read that through the theme of courage, and then we're going to wrap up the book, Wow, because it's already almost yeah it's next week's episode 10 can you believe it and then
0: christmas break for us oh always a delight thank you for this
1: no thank you i'm so glad we got to pot and i'm glad that we took a little bit of time so you could get your house in order
0: literally thank you because i would have just been a mess last week i would have not had anything to say so i appreciate you thank you so much
1: we can't have that you have to fill your cup before you can Mm -hmm. you you cannot serve from an empty vessel so i'm glad you got some time to fill your vessel back up
0: amazing (laughs) All right, I'll see you next week. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us today. Marginali Pod is written, edited, and produced by Jen D and Jen V, with additional editing and production support by Simon B. If you enjoyed our chat, you can subscribe to Marginali Pod on your podcast platform of your choice. Your support means the world to us. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at hello at marginaliapod.com. Our music is by Scott Buckley. For extended show notes or to find out more about us, visit us at www.marginaliapod.com.